welcome to episode two of That Friday Feeling Podcast with me, Helen Bartram. I am really excited to share this episode with you as I invite my very first special guest to join me. So today's episode, we're going to explore, do things bring happiness? Does money bring happiness? Can you be happy when you have nothing? And how can contribution to others and putting yourself around the right people make you feel good? Today's special guest is Stephen Green. A little bit about Stephen before we introduce him. He joined the Royal Engineers and travelled to places like Iraq and Afghan from a young age and he claims that this was a real eye-opener. He bought his first investment property in 2006 and here we are 14 years later, he has more than 50 properties worth over £6 million. He's the CEO of 10 successful businesses and recognised one of the UK's leading property business coaches, winning five awards in the last two years. He's been featured on the BBC, ITV and Channel 5's Rich House, Poor House. He's a best-selling author and he's been selected by the Gold Movie Awards for Documentary of the Year. And last but very not least, most recently, Stephen became the world record holder for a back-to-back double Ironman with no rest. So, let's jump straight in and see what the property millionaire has to say about all things happiness. So one of the things that I find in research is that it always talks about how happiness lies within. And I really agree with that. But when I look at your life from the outside point of view and I see um, the multiple income streams, nice car, nice family, nice house, I want to know what you attribute your happiness to. Good question. Um, Happiness comes from within and for me on my journey, definitely. I could say this a thousand times and some people will still not get it um, because I think you have to maybe, for some people, they have to experience it. Um, the smarter ones can listen to it and implement it and take it on board. And then the not so smart ones like myself, um, unfortunately, you could tell them a hundred times a thousand times and they have to feel it for themselves. I went through my journey and I remember people saying to me, you're chasing things, you're chasing things. And I probably knew that I was, um, but because of my own insecurities, I needed them things to be able to, for me to be become fulfilled, to become something. And the biggest lesson for me was, getting to what I thought that that milestone was. And when you hit that point, that's it. Everything's going to be sound. There's no stress. There's no worries. You're completely happy and you've completely worked the life out. And that milestone for me, which is probably the one where people set was, I need to be a millionaire. And once I've got this property and it's worth a million quid after I've paid everyone back and the bank's back, that's when I'll be happy. That's when life will be perfect. And I always remember that first day of looking at my portfolio and it was around about in value. It was probably about 4 million pounds worth of, of, of property of which I own the bank around about 75%, which meant I, I sort of, if I was to pay everything off that 
I'd officially hit that figure. And I remember sat there in the office by myself the first day I realized that. And it was kind of like I did the figures and I was like, wow, shit, I've, uh, I've hit that sort of million pound figure. I'm officially a, a, a millionaire. Um, not not just uh, in terms of property value, if I was to sell everything, that, that's what I could literally have liquid. Um, and initially it was kind of like, it was mixed emotions because at first it was like, great, um, you're a millionaire. And then I kind of thought on it and I started reflecting a little bit and went, surely there was an easier way to do this than what I've done over the last 10 years. And that's when it sort of triggered um, me teaching other people because I thought there's an easier way than and you didn't have to go through all that crap and all the heartache and affecting other people around you. And then once I sort of finished that sort of reflection, I then went and looked at myself. And this is when I probably got the biggest lesson because it was, okay, um, you've hit that figure now. You're meant to feel really good. And I was kind of reflecting on it and I thought, well, nothing's changed from me realizing this now to an hour ago when I didn't know this, I don't feel any different. And that's when it really, um, it really hit home with me that what have I been doing all of this for? And then probably the biggest slap around the face was that realization of a lot of things I had been doing and they were probably taking me further away from happiness. So for a lot of years, I'd been doing things and chasing things that uh, affected my family, affected people around me. Um, one that I always talk into was the extension on my own house. So obviously coming from a building background, I know the logical order which you should build in. And I didn't do that on my own house. I wanted to build that extension straight away rather than doing the other bits of work just so I could say to people, look at the size of my house, look what I've, I've built, because I thought that that was a measure of how happy I would be. Um, and it just, it wasn't. And uh, I think that that was that real realization that uh, I've probably been a bit of a knob and uh, some of my actions for a lot of years had affected other people. Cool, that's interesting. So one of the things that I noticed when watching um, the Homeless Millionaire documentary and if anyone's listening and you haven't watched that, catch it on YouTube because it's a mega eye-opener, very interesting, was that some of the people you met on your journey seemed to be really content and happy with their lives, even though they had nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this, for me, says it all exactly what you say in there, Helen, that um, there's, there's people out there and they don't have anything in terms of uh, material things but you look at some people and it's like, what have they got right? What, what, what is it in the, what part of their life? Because they're, they're clearly happy. They're not looking for these things. And I met a guy last week. So there's a guy who I've just trained. And as you know, you've done training with us. So we've done the dream pot figure. And this guy's dream pot figure was 27 grand. And that was the lowest that I think I've ever seen. And, um, when I asked him the question to sort of see if this was a limiting belief, he actually said, there's nothing that, that I want. I've got a pretty simple life. Um, as long as I've got money for my car, pay my bills, I've got a bit of money to, to see my mates, have a couple of beers. Um, 
he was content and he said, I'm happy with my life. Um, it would just be nice to be able to replace that income. And then I don't need to, uh, to be going to work as much. I can just have a little bit more time for walking the dog and just going out and, and just sort of enjoying life. And you look at somebody like that and it's easy to look at a billionaire, for example, and go, right, Warren Buffett, he's the mega successful guy. Um, and look at somebody who's maybe has got a goal of having a 27 year, 27k year income as their goal and thinking that that person um, is so much further away than what this billionaire is. But when you look at it in terms of happiness, um, I'm not saying that Warren Buffett isn't happy because anyone who, who works as much as Warren Buffett you don't do that without having passion. He's absolutely found what, and I, and I commented on this the other day, he's found his purpose in life. Otherwise, you would not be that motivated at 80-odd-year-old. But there's some people who have got a lot of wealth and, uh, and they're not happy. And you see that millionaires and billionaires both commit suicide. So it just shows that money and material things is, is not the answer. For me, it's the meaning that we attach to things. It's all about our own personal mental state. And do you think that we as humans often overcomplicate the whole feeling good and happiness thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe that we think we need things and we need people to say things and, and act a certain way in order for us to get happiness. And um, Something, again, what I always say, it's not somebody else's responsibility to make you or us, us happy, even our partners. So even somebody who we've married, it's not our partner's responsibility to make us happy. That's not why you go into a relationship or a marriage. There's only us that have got that ability to change the meaning on something. Um, and another example of that, and I always say, we, we can all look at our partners, for example, why I'm talking about that. And can some days you look at your partner and love them and have really strong feelings towards them and know that they're there, they're supportive. And then on other days, can you look at your partner and think they're an absolute knob and you just want them a million miles away from you? <laughs> yeah. That person hasn't changed. It's our focus on what we're actually choosing to, to look at that's, that's changed. Um, and that's why I believe a lot of relationships break down because people stop looking at things that they were looking at at the start and they start to look at other things in, in that person. Yeah, I think one of the things, and I talked about it on um, the last my last podcast, was how I really struggled and triggered when people kept saying that happiness was a choice. And I was like, how can you even say that when some people just get shit thrown at them all the time? Yeah. And until I kind of went on this self-exploration and um, understood that happiness does come from inside I really struggled and I'm mega triggered because I was like how can you say that but it's true yeah and and it is difficult Helen as you say um I I remember people saying things to me I used to play the victim a lot um back in my earlier days and and when people say certain things to you when you're not at that that level we can take it quite personal because I, I know I have in the past where um, people have said things to me like, um, you're being selfish, for example, um, and things like that. And, and I would really 
uh, really react to that because you you don't want to hear them things about yourself. Our self image, our ego doesn't doesn't like to to be attacked in that way. So it is difficult, and uh, when you certainly hear them things for the first time, it it, it can be hard, as you say. Cool. Um, one of the things that I think is really important to mention um, around UCD is um, contribution. So there's lots of research that shows how when we contribute to other people's lives, that increases our well-being and our happiness. And for example, you've just smashed the world record, double back-to-back -back Ironman, um, and raised what was it, twenty-six thousand pounds? What's it standing at now? Uh, it's close to twenty-eight thousand now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and that is um, to contribute to mental health um, and support in our local area. But not only that, as you put events on yearly to support people and help them, does that, like what kind of feeling does that give you, that giving back and the ability and freedom that you have to do that now? Yeah, what, what I've learned is, um, and people are probably find this bizarre what I'm about to say, but I have learned that giving to other people, it comes from a place of being selfish. So we may think that focusing on others is, um, is being caring, it's being giving, but there's also an element of a selfish point of view in that because if you were to ask people, do you get more pleasure from receiving or giving? 99.9% .9 of people say they get more pleasure from actually giving to other people. And... I get mega, mega pleasure from that. It, that. That within yourself, it gives you a sense of, uh, of importance when you can see the impact you've had on somebody else. So even though we're doing it and we're helping somebody else, we get satisfaction from that. And this is one of the reasons why something I have to work on personally, which I know I've got a bit of an issue with, and it's something I've been consciously the sort of last six months of thinking, I need to work on that more is if I'm fine with giving things, I'll give things all day long, I'll give money, I'll give my time, um, I'll pour into other people. But if somebody wants to give something to me, I'm not so good at accepting. And this, this uh, and you know this particular person, so on reflection, um, this particular person who offered me something was Donna Wood. And uh, she offered me, I, I needed some music and um, for when I was out running. And she offered me her aftershocks. She said, I've got a set of aftershocks um, and they're here and you, you can have them. And I wanted them and people had told me they were the best things to go out running with, but I was uncomfortable to take them. And on reflection of that, as I thought, I give all of this stuff and I do what I'm doing, but you're not allowing somebody else to have that feeling because you're not willing to accept. Um, and, and I spoke with Donna on that, um, and, and Donna had a bit of a laugh, and she said she thought I was a miserable bugger for not, <laughs> for not accepting them. But that's a lesson for me and something I need to consciously work at because um, it's easy to reject things when people give it to us, and, and you prevent that person from having their internal happiness from the giving that they're, that they're doing. How selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But it's true because you, you have an opportunity there. Um, but equally, you have to feel comfortable with that too. Yeah. Um, okay, so one of the things that I, um, I think is really important to mention is community and 
the people that you put yourself around, the people you spend time with, because that does play a massive factor on how you feel. And it's something that I actually learned from you in terms of um, who I spend my time with and reflecting on how they make me feel. Um, could you talk into that a little bit? Yeah, I think uh, that that's a really, really important thing. So for me on my journey, it was probably around about five, six years ago. I remember a friend was, um, it was an engagement party or a christening or something like that. And one of these particular friends that I had acted very differently when he was around his partner and other people. And it wasn't the friend that I've known for 20 plus years. So going to that um, christening uh, or engagement, whatever it was, I forget now. <clears throat> I didn't want to go because some of my friends and their partners, I just didn't see eye to eye with them. Um, we, we, we just weren't the same people. And although that, that was a, an important event for, for one of my friends, I said to Gemma, I'm not going to go. And, and she was like, what do you mean you're not going to go? She said, you can't do that. It's, it, it's one of your good friends. And I just said, yeah, but my good friend is not my good friend in that, that environment. And I don't particularly click with my friend when I see that. And I know that's not the real him because I knew him way, way before that relationship or any of these people that he's around now. And, and I know that he only plays that particular person when he's in that environment. And I made the conscious decision then that I wasn't going to go to that event. And I got a bit of criticism for that, for, for not going. And, and I understand that. I, I get why people would say that. Um, and I take that on the chin. But for me, it was that was my first decision of, I'm not going to put myself in environments that don't make me feel good anymore. And I'm not going to go sit there around a bunch of people who judge me don't like me and my friends aren't acting like my friends in them particular times. So why would I put myself there? So I made that decision and, and off the back of that, I've made a lot more decisions like that, which you could call us, you, you could say the selfish, um, but I just refuse to put myself in environments where um, I'm not made to feel good in, in any sort of way. And, and I, and I honestly think people should do that. It's, it's not always easy, especially when it's family, because um, I'm sure we've all got a few family members that can be challenging at times, should we say. I think there's this societal pressure that we should do things because we should do them rather than because we actually want to. And I think you're right. I think that's where that comes from and how many of us spend our time doing things because we should do them rather than because it's actually what makes us feel good and what we want to do. It's a great point because... I do think at times we should do things we don't want to do. Like, so for example, um, sometimes I'll go to the pictures with Sadie and I'll watch some of that. I don't particularly want to watch, but I understand that the importance of that because it's, it's not about what I'm watching on that screen. It's about the bonding and the experience I'm having with my daughter. So I'm comfortable doing things like that because I understand the benefits of that. And I think it's just, if, it, it's the ability to speak to split them out and sort of go, why am I making that decision to do something I don't want to particularly do? Because you can see the benefit of that rather than just putting yourself in an environment where it doesn't really serve anybody at all.
Yeah, because that can become, you keep doing that time and time again, it can become detrimental to you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, one last thing then. Um, if there's anybody listening right now that's feeling totally stuck, down, like they're going to feel unhappy forever, what is the best advice that you can give them? Uh, I would say that um, you've got to get clear on what... So I'm going to basically quote my discipline model in the background. So you've got to get clear on what it is you want from life. That, 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 that's the key thing. You've got to find out what makes you tick. And, and we all have different things, so... I always say to people, just because I drive an I-8 or I do this, that, that doesn't determine happiness at all. For some people, they couldn't think of anything worse than having a, a car that you can't put your shopping in. And it's, it's about finding your own happy place. What's your own happy vehicle, your own happy home, your own partner, your own clothes that you wear, of, of being yourself and really finding out what, what that is. That, that, that's mega important. Um, pouring in positive material so what we put into the mind is is going to come out so it's like a garden you plant weeds in a garden you're going to get weeds you're not going to get roses so being able to protect your mind and put the right things in and exactly like you said putting yourself around the right people is is important as well we're going to feel as good as as, as our in line with our self-image so having defined goals and working towards something helps give us that feeling of of importance that releases serotonin and, and uh, dopamine um coming from a more technical point of view but that's important for for our self-image and who we are and how we actually feel um once you've got them goals it's about um taking action on the back of them so we don't feel good as people if we're not progressing and moving forward. So we must be taking action and we must be doing the things that we, we know we should be doing in line with that, that bigger vision. And uh, m mega important is, um, is giving back to others as well for, for two reasons. One, I believe if, um, if you're not here to make the world a better place, then what's the point in being here? And, uh, and two, from a selfish point of view, we all we gain from giving to other people as well. So empowering other people on their journey as well is um, not only the right thing to do, but it makes us feel good inside as well. Awesome. So there we have it. The millionaire says happiness lies within. <laughs> Definitely. 100%. Probably <laughs> me 10 years to learn that, though. Well, what an interesting chat that was. And that draws us to the end of this podcast tune in next week where I'm going to be discussing things that we often overlook that's really simple that can make you feel good almost instantaneous. See you soon!